0: Hello, podcasters. It is uh, Friday. We've got the future of guns and gun control and how ridiculous this is. I'd like to introduce you to something called the 3D printer. Also, Bill O'Reilly is here. Climate change with a town hall. It just won't end. Walmart and the NRA, Amazon, Apple, Google. Kind of an argument, really, between uh, (laughs) Stu and I with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, he thinks that the Democrat or the Republicans have to compromise on the Second Amendment or they're going to lose. I don't understand how you compromise on the Bill of Rights. But. We also have Dave Rubin on, really fascinating. Joining the Blaze TV is Dave Rubin. Uh, we talked to him about how L.A. is changing and the dynamics of politics. Also, he's known as an atheist, but he now, after traveling with Jordan Peterson, says, I- I'm really not jordan peterson uh, i mean i'm really not an atheist uh jordan peterson made a lot of uh, sense to me and the taste test we've all been waiting for <laughs> the impossible whopper all on today's podcast you're
1: listening to the best of the glenn beck program
0: It was September 25th, 2017, Stephen Paddock checked into a room on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. He had 10 range bags full of guns and ammunition, and six days later, he opened fire on the people on Route 91 at the Harvest Music Festival. He killed 85 people. He wounded 851 others in what is the deadliest mass shooting committed by one person in U.S. history, and then... He killed himself. When police investigated, they found 23 rifles and one handgun, 14 .two-two-three caliber AR-15 type, rif- AR type rifles, 8 hundred eight ar AR-10 type rifles, one three hundred eight caliber bolt action rifle, and one caliber revolver. On the kitchen counter next to his hotel room key, there were four credit cards. Now, I want you to listen to Andrew Ross Sorkin. He's a he's certain that there is a correlation between uh, mass shootings and the credit cards. Listen after Parkland, uh, the shooting in Parkland uh,
2: and trying to look at the role that banks and credit cards play in these things. I really decided to take a deep dive uh, into this. Uh, The the article is called uh, Devastating Arsenals Bought with Plastic and Nary a Red Flag. Uh, It is a New York Times investigation that looks at mass shootings, every single major mass shooting in America since Virginia Tech in 2007. And it really reveals how credit cards have become such a crucial part of the planning of these massacres in a way that I have to say I did not even appreciate myself.
0: So, you know, he is um, becoming much more of an activist than a reporter. He wrote the article, How Banks Unwittingly Finance Mass Shootings in the New York Times. We have some problems with the article, and I'll get to those here in just a second. But let me look at his point first. He starts by pointing out that there have been 13 shootings that killed 10 or more people in the last decade. And in at least eight of them, the killers financed their attacks using credit cards. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech in 2007, uh, Binghamton in uh, 2009, Fort Hood, '09, Aurora, 12, San Bernardino, 2015, Orlando, 16, Sutherland Springs, 17, Las Vegas, 17. He points out that over the course of eight months before the Pulse nightclub uh, in, the, uh, in Orlando, that shooting, the shooter opened six new credit card accounts. Just 12 days before the, sh- the, the shooting, he spent $26,000 on a Sig Sauer uh, MCX two two three caliber rifle, a Glock 17 9mm semi-automatic pistol and several large magazines, thousands of rounds of ammunition, and a $7,500 ring for his wife that he bought on a jewelry store credit card. Before then, he had spent only $1,500 a month on average. Now, the difference is so dramatic that he panicked. According to Sorkin, uh, just two days before the shooting, frantically, he was searching Google for credit card unusual spending. Credit card reports, all three bureaus, FBI, and why banks stop your purchases. Now, the shooter in Aurora, Colorado, the movie theater shooter, spent $11,000 on guns and ammunition, uh, ammunition, and that was all on a credit card. The issue has revealed a split among the banks and credit card companies. On one side, there are companies that support monitoring as a form of public safety. Following the shooting in Parkland, Florida, Citigroup adopted a new code of conduct for gun dealers and manufacturers the bank does business with. It requires retailers to impose age restrictions on gun sales. Wouldn't have helped. CEO Michael Corbat said the policy is intended to preserve the rights of responsible gun owners like myself, while relying on best sales practices to keep firearms out of the wrong hands. Now, the new policy does not restrict Citigroup customers from using the company's cards for gun purchases. Bank of America took a similar approach when they stopped giving loans to manufacturers of certain kinds of semi-automatic rifles sold to civilians. Overwhelmingly, though, the banks and credit card companies have refused to take part in any sort of monitoring. This week, the New York Times is reporting that's because of conservative pressure. Wells Fargo, the CEO there, said, I don't think it's a good idea for banks to decide what products and services Americans can buy. It shouldn't be up to me, to us. We don't decide that. It should be up to the folks following the laws and the folks making the decision. Wells Fargo's CFO, uh, John Shrewsbury, said the best way to make progress on these issues is through political and legislative process. Visa said, we don't believe Visa should be in the position of setting restrictions on the sale of lawful goods or services. Asking Visa or other payment networks to uh, arbitrate what legal goods can be purchased sets a dangerous precedent. Spokesperson from MasterCard echoed that sentiment. Privacy. Privacy of people's purchasing decisions belongs to them its cardholder independence jeremy stein an economics professor at harvard university, uh, university rightly points out if the banks decide no longer to do business with gun manufacturers they would need to look more closely at the customers information and by doing so they'd be getting into the same issues facebook and others have had problems with so even if banks and credit card companies agreed to start monitoring purchases Gun sales are difficult to track because they appear on statements at sporting goods or retail shop purchases. Big box retailers like Walmart, they're not selling guns or ammunition anymore. They've been, um, they have on their receipts, uh, their code just says variety. They sell groceries, pet supplies, and, and everything else. Dick's Sporting Good imposed restrictions on their gun sales. And a former FBI counterterrorism prosecutor and staff member of the FBI 9-11 Review Commission insists this is easy to fix. They have the infrastructure already in place. All they have to do to deal with suspicious activity is use that infrastructure, just be tweaking it to consider firearm-related information. Information is the key word here. Information. Your information. Now there are measures in place. For instance, bank have to report every time a single person makes a transaction over $10,000. That transaction could be totally legal. Banks have to report the transaction. At, 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 at over $5,000, they have to report it if they suspect suspicious activity. There are also laws that restrict gun purchases under the Gun Control Act of 1968. Firearm dealers must report if someone buys two or more handguns in the span of five business days. There's also a lot of official blowback from the idea that banks will monitor all of our purchases now, effectively compiling a list of gun owners. Last year, John Kennedy, a Republican senator from Louisiana, introduced the new Red, uh, No Red or Blue Banks Act, the bill would prohibit the federal government from giving contracts to banks that discriminate against lawful business based solely on sol- uh, on social policy considerations. Even the ACLU has come out against the monitoring of the banks. Jay Stanley, senior policy analyst for ACLU, the implication of the ex- uh, of expecting the government to detect and prevent every mass shooting is believing government should play an enormously intrusive role in the American life. Which brings us back to Andrew Andrew Ross Sorkin's New York Times article. He doesn't seem convinced by any of this. In fact, this week in the New York Times, he is taking credit for Walmart. And he said, we have just begun this fight. He prefers government stepping in and forcing these companies to start monitoring their customers. You, or at least the credit card companies, made that, uh, uh, made that choice of their own uh, volition. So, government doesn't have to. We just really think that they should. Here he is in an interview on PBS. So, right now, legally,
2: you decide you're going to send $10,000 anywhere... That gets reported to the government. Instantly. Instantly. Already does. So we could instantly have reported this person just stockpiled $40,000 worth of weapons and
0: grenades. Absolutely. Okay. He makes a valid point, or at least starts to, but it's what he says next. He takes it into a strange direction here.
2: And by the way, the credit card industry has on its own volition decided that there are certain things they don't want to finance. So if you want to buy Bitcoin, you can't uh... marijuana in in many states is legal yeah, you can't mastercard interestingly recently uh... went to a website that had some hate speech on it um, and said we're no longer going to allow you to use credit card transactions using mastercard because uh... of this hate speech so there are companies that are taking positions if you will on some of these things And the question is how that can work in relation to guns
0: so he starts by saying It's bad that credit card companies infringe on people's rights in other situations. You know, people purchase marijuana or punish websites for hate speech. It's bad. That should be the end of his point. Full stop. But it's not. He goes on then by saying, why can't we do that in relation to guns? His article quotes a number of experts who are more or less just repeating a version of the same thing. Credit card companies should bear responsibility for mass shootings. More importantly, he just assumes that the connection does exist. But is there a connection between credit card companies and mass shootings? Or is it spurious?
1: The best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Welcome to the program, sir. Do I have to do the rumba here? Yeah, you what? do. What you kind do. Of music is that? That's uh, that's Bill O'Reilly. He's here. It's uh, going to be uh, uh, zany, crazy, and there will be some dancing uh, as uh, well. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm ready to do the Macarena
2: whenever okay. you want.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Bill, let's start with Yo. the... Uh, the never-ending town hall meeting on CNN still
1: going on. It's still going, cool. um, yeah. 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 They've now got uh, animated cartoon characters mm-hmm. weighing in on what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's a telethon over the weekend,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, I
1: I don't think Jerry Lewis is going to appear, but he may.
0: So you so, you're a guy uh, who the deal. you you're a guy who looks at the ratings. I'm dying to know what the yeah. ratings for that thing were. Um, this is the irony of it.
1: They were bad, and they were outrated by the hurricane. <laughs> so, <laughs> and there's nothing who really blaming the global warming, uh, blaming the hurricane on the global warming, with of course no data or facts to back that up. It's crazy. Um, and then people are going, you know what? I I think I'll just watch the real hurricane, not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happens. CNN mm-hmm. did about a little bit more than a million. It's a little bit better than they usually do because you know they usually don't do anybody. Okay, so uh, let's do the headlines. First of all, I do believe there is a warming on the planet uh-huh. because I can read uh, the thermometers and the temperatures that come in from around the world. I also went up to Glacier Bay in, in uh, Alaska, and I talked to the Marines biologists up there. He said they've lost half the glacier up there. I also play, used to play ice hockey on Long Island for two months outside during the winter on a pond that was frozen. Last winter, not one day could you do that. So the temperature is changing. Now you go into, well, can human beings do anything about it? Most well, certainly we can all be cleaner. I mean, it breaks my heart because, as you know, I'm a big ocean guy, that there's so much gunk in the ocean and plastics. I can't figure out why laser technology hasn't been able to just disintegrate these plastic stuff after we use it. I don't know why that hasn't happened, but the plastic stuff is winding up in the oceans. It's awful. So I'm not some guy who goes, there's no global warming. This is God doing this. I'm not. All right. I do believe that the planet has been impacted by bad things from human beings. Okay. Now we have a bunch of totalitarian Stalinists and that's, exactly who they are, that are saying to the American people, unless you do what we tell you to do in every aspect of your life, the planet and the world are going to end in 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20. So you've got to do what we tell you to do. And then the litany of stuff starts. And you, Beck, rightly were pithy and said, they want to take all your freedoms away, freedom of choice, freedom of how you live your life. And the central government in Washington, D.C. is going to tell you exactly what you eat, where you go, how you get there, and how the jobs are doled out all under the guise of saving you from global warming. There it is.
0: So... Um... Do the American people connect with this bill?
1: Um, I don't know whether whether people pay attention enough to see Elizabeth Warren, a very dangerous woman. And Bernie Sanders are basically saying they're saying we're going to take as much money as we can from every American worker and give it to other people because global warming impacts. The minority communities the most. That's the latest. You saw that, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, this guy who wrote this book, this professor at American University, says, Hey, 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 um, global warming impacts people of color because more people of color live in the southern hemisphere, and that's where global warming is worse. So, if you don't fight it, you're a racist. That's the latest. The book is
0: out. Right, Some but, people but, actually
1: bought it. But whole, okay. So but, but, every time you put gas in your car, get on an airplane, you're a racist. You're a racist because that's that's exacerbating global warming. So this is how insane it's gotten. Now your question is, do most Americans know it's insane? I would say no because the media, the national media, particularly on television, all right, doesn't point any of this out. You can only hear it on the O'Reilly Update, on BillOReilly.com, on The Blaze, on the Glenn Beck radio show. That's where you're going to hear it. Not going to see it in the New York Times or hear it on NBC News. So they suppress, I love that word, suppress the real thing that's going on with the global warming. It is a power play. That's what it is.
0: So, you know, you were saying that if you gas up your car, it's uh, racist. Bernie Sanders was talking about aborting poor children from third world countries, most likely not white pain you know, for I didn't the read
1: it that way. What I have to I... say, I didn't read it that Bernie Sanders wants to kill minority children. What, what is he saying? I, this is how I read it. Uh-huh. And, and remember Bernie Sanders is 112 years old. So a lot of times it doesn't come out very clear. It's kind of like Biden. Um, so what I what I heard him say, what I think he said was, if you can ram birth control down more women's throats, it's better for the family.
0: Yeah, that's a very much uh, very much what uh, um, Margaret Sanger said too.
1: Yes, and we know the eugenics of Margaret Sanger. Right. But but here's another thing for you, global warming fans out there. Um, and I understand a new uh, a new uh, sports franchise in San Francisco is going to be called the climate changers okay so it's going to be great out there shut up Um, here's a here's an here here's something else so if sanders or warren are elected president which they won't be but if they were all right, then we would have all these draconian changes to our economy and lifestyles in the pursuit of saving us from uh... destruction Do you think that Russia is going to not use fossil fuels when its entire economy is based on oil? How about China? With 1.5 billion people, all right, uh, many of whom um, are are living from day to day, are they going to knock out all the fossil fuels over in China? How about India? You Are they going to do that? I don't think so. Japan. Japan still is massacring whales. We can't even get them to stop killing the whales over there. (laughs) All right, they're going to stop with the fossil fuels over there? I don't think so. Okay, so we, United States and Sweden, all right, we're going, to, we're going to go back and live in the 19th century. All right, we're going to have campfires. Maybe we can't even have them. Maybe campfires are not going to be well. All right, and then everybody else is going to go, oh, look at these Americans. They destroyed their own economy. They blew up their own lifestyle. All right, they're all on horseback again. I mean, this is just, it's so absurd. This is this is like a Saturday Night Live skit when it, that show used to be funny, which was like 30 years ago. Um, all right, <laughs> did I cover everything? I, I think you
0: co- I think you covered everything. Uh, I I want to take you now to the gun debate, but let me break for one minute so we have lots of time on the other side to talk about what's happening with the gun debate and your take on Walmart. And this article that we have not heard Trump speak about, but we have had from the administration, a leak in the administration on something that they are looking at and considering on how to make sure the guns don't get in the hands of bad guys. So this week, San Francisco has designated the NRA as a terrorist organization. You want to talk about dividing the country. That's calling half of the country, uh, uh, terrorists or or financing uh, a terrorist organization that seems a little divisive Um, but also we have walmart who has decided that they are going to take a stand against guns and ammunition something they have a right to do but bill how do you feel about it
1: oh um the momentum in America and Republicans need to understand this is for more stringent regulation of heavy weapons. All right? So I don't know what Walmart does or or doesn't do and I don't really particularly care. You pointed out they have a right to do whatever they want and if you don't want to shop at Walmart anymore, don't. But the bigger issue for the country is that President Trump knows he's got to do something to appear to be concerned about these mass murders. Now, I'm not saying he's not concerned, but if the Republicans and Mitch McConnell in the Senate don't do anything, they're going to lose the Senate and the House next time around because the Democrats are going to run wild with this issue. So the Republicans have to back some kind of more... um, Focused, I think that's the best word. Uh, more focused legislation on keeping these high-powered guns out of the hands
0: of nuts. Okay, now, so wait, so hang is on. it
1: going to work? No. Uh, uh, right. I think everybody understands that mass murder will always be with us.
0: Right. And hang on just and a that second.
1: Most criminals can get guns illegally. I think a- everybody got that.
0: AR, so these these get- these weapons of war. They're called weapons of war because America first really started noticing them during Vietnam, but they were invented as a modern sporting rifle. That's what they're called, modern sporting rifles. they had been around since the 1950s. We had them through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And today, it's, it's, there's no difference. We have had these there's not a problem with the gun. There's a problem with humanity. Something is okay, missing remember, in our society. Remember, there was a federal assault weapons ban. That did nothing. That did okay, nothing. But it,
1: it was there, and it, it had passed. Um, I think that the Republican Party, if it wants to fend off this amazingly destructive wave of far-left ideology... Has to compromise in the gun area. In what way? What do we do? What what do we do without violating? I think think is doable. Which Um, that gives um, individual Americans a little bit more power to um, go and say, you know, Lenny over there is uh, shooting uh, uh, doxhuns. Wait 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 wait
0: wait. So that's fine, except the president wants to have you uh, guilty. Until proven innocent. You cannot no. take a gun away from somebody unless I mean we already have the red no, flag. You if can. you think somebody is sick, you take you go to a you go to a hospital Beck, and say, Beck, You gotta commit this person.
1: Beck. Yes. If somebody on the streets of New York, all right, is running around naked screaming obscenities, the authorities show up and take that person to Bellevue, where they're a under observation for a period of time. Mm-hmm. If the doctors examining the person then feel the person is a threat, they go to a judge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the judge writes an order mm-hmm. detaining the person.
0: Okay, this, the so you're making concept. my point. Why do you need a red flag law? You have that. You can do no, that you now. don't
1: have it because this is private behavior. The red flag law would be would be spotlighting, so, not public behavior.
0: So if I have imagined somebody who's had an ugly divorce, okay? Say I had well, an ugly
1: divorce. there's the potential for it to be abused. Uh, I mean, uh, everybody huge knows Huge potential.
0: That. Huge potential. But
1: if you're a mother and you have a 20-year-old big strapping guy in the basement with 15 ARs, and this kid, this 20-year-old, and the mother knows is, is crazy, then the mother now has a way to alert the authorities without the kid coming up and beating the hell out of the mother. You can do it under the cloak of anonymity, and the authorities are compelled then to come to the house and look at the kid or pick him up someplace else. So I'm just saying to you, I understand the downside of all of these laws, but I know the political climate in the country. And Americans want something to be done, even if that something does not work.
3: I, I, I oh, think you know what I think. Crazy. You're, I think it's crazy, but completely right. Th- that I do is, too. I it, do too. I, People say this all the time. It's like, well, you know, you guys only care about the NRA, and you only care about the politics of this. The politics of the gun issue suck for Republicans. I think. I mean, the easiest thing in the world is to give up, all, give ground on all this stuff. It, it, it's you feel terrible defending it. You're in the middle of a tragedy, trying to come up with these. Uh, you know, uh, you know, factual points when no one is, wants to think about facts. They want to think about emotion. It's it's the, it's that moment. But I mean, that is if why emotional issue and the Republican Party and traditional Americans and gun owners
1: have to look at the greater good here. I,
3: but it, I, I'm it, not it, giving up my constitutional rights because of emotion, Bill. I feel like I, that's the no, problem. No,
1: but, it, but, but you don't have a constitutional right to own a certain weapon. Uh, um, you uh, have a right shall, to, shall, not, shall not be, be infringed. infringed. It's pretty clear. Shall I mean, not be the, infringed. The government under the under the public safety banner has the right to say you can't have a bazooka. We all know that. So it's just, I'm not. Mm. No, we've by all the way, accepted I wouldn't that. ban ARs. I, I, I'm not for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am for is if you want to buy a heavy weapon or a weapon of war, as Beck puts it, not then not you have to go through a more stringent process so that the, the you're trained. The people um, are confident that you're not a loon. Uh, the check shows that you don't have four felonies on your sheet, you know, that kind of a thing. And we I think already, that's reasonable.
0: We already have that. The only thing we so don't, we don't have, have. Hang on. on,
1: on. A federal level. We, it's not it's on a, a federal. federal it, it's not a database. It, the FBI doesn't have a database of people who own weapons of war. They don't. I don't want them to have one.
0: I, I know you them. don't, right? And <laughs> yeah. I don't want them. I also don't want them in my psychiatrist office. If I take Prozac, am I now going to, at some point, be uh, deemed no. unstable? No, your medical
1: records would would be would not be subject to scrutiny. And when you buy a firearm, well, by. then no, then, no then that that how then
0: how are you suggesting that we know that this person is unstable or not?
1: Because the red flag law would then put the person in some kind of observational capacity where there would be people that were talking to the person. It's not gonna work, it's not a foolproof thing. I'm just telling you that if the Republicans continue to say nothing, we're not gonna do anything. All right, they're gonna lose the Senate. They lose the Senate and they lose the House and Trump Trump loses the election. Um, You know, I'm gonna be looking at Swiss uh, properties because (laughs) these people are relentless. Talk about losing your freedom. Can you imagine if Elizabeth Warren is elected president? My God, we're not going to have any freedom at all. That's what socialism is. Because you got to look at the big picture here. And the big picture is frightening. And that's why Trump is, is meeting with Manchin, the senator from West Virginia. Trump wants to have some kind of something so he doesn't get his butt kicked.
0: This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Kevin Hart, who was in a really bad car accident. Uh, He's got a, you know, he has a souped up Barracuda, like 1970 or 68 Barracuda. And that thing uh, went off the road, I think flipped, took the roof right off, broke the glass uh, the driver uh, is uh, in the hospital for back problems. Uh, the driver's wife is okay. And Kevin Hart walked away from the scene. Um, but it was it, it was weird. Here's the 911 audio of the eyewitness. Uh, let me just hear this this here first.
1: Sounds like the passenger is stuck in the car. Uh, the driver is out of the car, but uh, he looks a little hurt. Uh, I think the top of the car is crushed.
3: How many people are stuck inside, do you know?
1: I think it's just one lady out. No. Uh, the driver is out right now. They're trying to get the passenger out. This is no off real quick.
0: Okay, so there was only there were only the two people in while well, this guy is describing it because Kevin Hart lived down the street and he walked home. He left the scene and walked home. Now, this is the nine one one call from Kevin Hart's wife after he is home for a while, and listen to how calm she is and and what she's saying it just it just doesn't make sense listen to this
2: he was in a car accident earlier tonight or what happened yes earlier tonight i don't know
4: what happened he's not coherent at all did he get
2: treatment originally from when he was injured did he go to the hospital or
4: no 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 treatment at all we which is here and he can't he can't move
2: is there any uh obvious broken bones that you can tell you see anything broken
4: uh, just
0: something on his back is pulling out on his spine. Holy cow. Now, why? Why did he walk away? And, you know, there's lots of reasons uh, for this. And, you know, some not good and and some perfectly reasonable, I think. You know, he's maybe in shock at first and he thinks he's okay and he walks home, but he isn't moving, he's not responding and there's something sticking out of his spine. Uh wow.
3: Um pretty uh, relaxed handling of a moment like that. Yeah, really. Really relaxed. Yeah, it's a very strange very strange story. Is he going to be okay? Do we know like what the yeah, outcome yeah, is? I yeah, I
0: guess he's going to be okay. It's they, big
3: back problems, right?
0: Yeah, uh, but he's he's going to live and he's going to work again and And I'm glad for all of that. Um, I like him. I think he seems like a nice, normal guy. You know, he's a guy who kind of came up with a tough upbringing and busted his butt. I think he's from Philadelphia, isn't he?
3: I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: you're right. And, um, you know, (laughs) coming out of Philadelphia in some of those sections is not easy. And uh, he's risen and he's, from all accounts, a really nice guy. Uh, and except for his four tweets, his jokes, yeah, those makes four him a tweets. horrible person. Horrible human e- he, Can you believe like, that I, people see- were coming after him this week? He's in the yeah. hospital. Yeah
3: well i and I, they're coming after him again it's week. unreal did you see the drew breeze thing i know you're a huge uh you know exactly who drew Brees is obviously sure uh, baseball player yeah <laughs> he probably played baseball at some point in his right. life <laughs> uh new orleans saints quarterback of course uh yeah. did a spot for uh what was it focus on the family mm-hmm. where he he was just helping like a 20 second promo hey it's bring your bible to to school day mm-hmm. and of course focus on the family they're an anti-gay organization. Why is Drew Brees promoting an anti-gay organization? And so all these people came out, and then Drew Brees is forced to come out and say, Look, I don't I'm not saying I agree with all their views, and I don't I, I was just trying to help kids and like, this is you a know, guy. Who's everybody done, should nothing, say everybody should say, help
0: people. Uh you know, Elon Omar and some of her cohorts in uh, Congress, they also support the Muslim Brotherhood, and that's an anti-gay organization. <laughs> so you wanna figure out that, you go ahead, and then come talk to. Me. Elon's been tweeting
3: about you, by the way. We should probably get into that at some point yeah, today. Yeah. Elon Omar, anti Beck
0: tweets now. <laughs> yes. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Dave Rubin's journey from a left-leaning progressive... To a free thinking classical liberal has been quite a journey and we've been watching it now for years and Dave and I have become friends and uh, uh, I just hosted his uh, podcast this week as he came back from a month away from all media, all devices, all electronics, all news. Uh, And uh, he's he is totally refreshed and has real perspective. We announced this week that uh, Dave is joining the Blaze TV lineup. And what we're trying to do is is make sure that we, uh, we have some shelter from the storm. And we are only going to be strong if each of us are strong as individuals, so nobody's carrying the other. Uh, and we're each strong as independent uh, people and broadcasters or, or podcasters. And then we also come together under an umbrella so we can fight together as well. So Dave is keeping everything that he is before. If you're a subscriber of Dave's, you still get everything you have ever had and nothing changes for you. But if you're a Blaze subscriber, blazetv.com, you you will now get in the lineup the Rubin Report and you get it uh, early just like everybody else uh, and the whole archives will be moving over soon. So we have blazetv.com slash Dave, and you'll save $20 if you subscribe now and uh, become a fan of the Rubin Report on Blaze TV. Welcome, Dave Rubin. How are you?
4: Glenn, it's good to be with you. I officially handed the hard drive over to your people to be taken to Texas and uploaded. So the deal is
0: on you know i tell you dave it's so funny because we announced this um because they've been working on the contract for a while and going back and forth and with you in you know wherever you were botswana uh it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't real easy to be able to get uh you know a contract done with you um and um uh so we did it on a handshake before we announced it and uh, i yeah. like that i like the uh i like the idea that two people can come together And just look each other in the eye and just say, look, I know the attorneys have a lot of work to do, but we're not going to screw you. You're not going to screw us. Let's just be cool about this. And I love that.
4: Yeah, well, I I love it, too. And and quite literally, I mean, five seconds before we did that live stream on my channel, we knew we were getting close. But, you know, I wanted to announce it and we knew a lot of eyeballs would be on us and I just put my hand out. And you put your hand out and, and I knew we would be good. And, you know, within 24 hours, the lawyers took care of all the all the little legal stuff that, you know, you and I don't want to really think about. But it's kind of funny. So I did do this this 33 days off the grid. And the only thing that I did was every now and again, I had to jump on the phone with my lawyer to talk to, to the Blaze lawyers. And I thought that's that's really something. You try to escape the grid for 33 days. And the only communication you have with the outside world is with a lawyer. I may, uh, I may have done something slightly yeah, wrong. Yeah, there, I think you know? so. I yeah. think
0: so. Dave, let me ask you a question. I did Bridget Phetasy. Yeah. I did Bridget Phetasy's uh, podcast uh, last yeah. week. Um, I did Stephen Kent. He just did uh, Beltway Banthas, which is a great. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I love the way he talks about politics. No. He puts it all in with Star Wars. Uh, and I then love it, love it. And then I did yours. And everybody always starts their podcast with, look, I know a lot of my listeners are, you know, they might hate this guy, but I think you're going to be really surprised. (laughs) And I always am bashed by everybody. However, whenever I have you guys on, anybody, even on the left on my show, I rarely see people bashed. Um, I rarely know, I I have yet to see, maybe five in my career, people saying, if you have this person on, I'm no longer a subscriber of yours. There's a difference between this audience. Why can't we all just start to look at each other and go, hey, I don't agree with everything that Dave Rubin says or Glenn Beck says, but I'm glad everybody's talking.
4: Sure. Well, look, if I do anything for you in the course of this partnership, hopefully it'll be that. Uh, Whatever remaining lefties are are sane and willing to talk or or the few liberals scattered throughout the galaxy that are willing to do that, hopefully uh, I'll get them to say, you know, you don't have to give Glenn the intro where you – you know, you say, "Oh, I don't agree with everything he says, or or the rest of it," because nobody agrees no. with everybody. You know, so anyone else on on literally anything, and you know, you can find clips where I thought something different, you know, two years ago or four years ago, and and, and evolving is is really what it's all about. it's not me abandoning is, your beliefs?
0: It's really great. In fact, that's what I love about you: your honesty. You were. I believe the first person that I found that was willing to be really honest about the mistakes that you made in your life and were were honestly doing soul searching, not for I mean, in fact, against uh, any kind of business rule and business sense, you were honest enough to say, look, Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, but British uh, um, uh, Bridget Phetasy says they were factory settings in her that were just set to liberal. Were they factory settings with you that were set to liberal?
4: Yeah, well, I think I think those factory settings, meaning that when you grow up, if you grow up basically in the secular world, which which most of us in America mostly do. Uh, that the factory settings, the, uh, the ideas that are going to be thought of as the OK ideas, the ideas that you can talk about without being labeled a racist or a bigot or the rest of it, they basically are, are ideas of the left that, you know, the government can kind of fix everything and we should take from some and give to the others. And, you know, the litany of of specific issues goes, uh-huh. goes all the way down the line. And when I, you know, as I was, I was a progressive, I was on the Young um, Turks, which is a pretty far left uh-huh. network. Um, I, I always had true liberal roots, and I come from a, a truly liberal family in the best sense of liberalism, like a JFK liberalism or Daniel Patrick Moynihan or Ed Koch liberalism, which, which, you know, someone on the right might have some issues with, but usually find the conversation with people like that. Yes. Okay. Now, ironically, the three men I just mentioned, all, all once great politicians, they're all dead because there's very few of these liberals remaining. And you can see that just with who the Democrats are are putting up now. Um, but, you know, when you when you wake up out of that and you start asking questions, it's not that the specific issues change so quickly as you will be shocked where suddenly you will find friends and ha- and more importantly, how quickly the left will purge you out. So it's interesting what you said about your audience when you bring on a lefty, your audience is completely OK with it. But when you go on a, on a more lefty show that they have to, you know qualify it and quantify it and warn everybody. And I find the same thing, which is actually hilarious. So when I bring on uh, someone from the right, um, you know, the lefties go completely insane. If I, you know, even when I had you on the other day, I glanced through the comments quickly, which no one in their right mind should do. And a lot of people are very upset that I had Glenn Beck on when I bring on someone from the left. So even just in the last, you know, two months, I've had Marianne Williamson on, I've had Andrew Yang on, I've had plenty of lefties on. Generally, I would say I would say something like ninety percent of the comments from the people on the right are basically like, you know, I, I disagree with these ideas, or Miriam Williams is a little kooky, or I'm not down with UBI, universal basic income with like Andrew Yang. But it was nice to hear the conversation. Right. And that right there, that right there, that in in essence is the divide that we have in America right now. And and that's why I keep saying that on the on the say center right. Um, you know, anywhere from conservative to libertarian, uh, there is such a richness right now, and and that's the place that I'm interested in exploring. That's why I wanted to do this this partnership with you, and that's why I'm so psyched for for the next year, which is obviously going to be pretty bananas. There's an yeah, election it
0: time. is, it is. Um, l- let me uh, l- let me talk to you about Hollywood. I was only out there for a couple of days, Dave, and <laughs> I I saw a difference in almost everybody that I met with. Um, And here's the difference. People who would never, never have voted for a Republican ever and certainly never for Donald Trump. From big funders of the Democratic Party, big supporters, people who are lifelong Democrats, they have all said, if it is if it is anyone besides Biden, I'm voting for Trump.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, look, I live here in Los Angeles. It's quite a bubble. I'm, I'm happy to say uh, that you and I were able to go out in Beverly Hills and then nobody assaulted us. Uh, actually, we got a couple of smiles. That was nice. Mm-hmm. There is a shift. There is a shift. And the shift has, in a weird way, has less to do with what's happening on the right and more to do with how hysterical the left has become. Yes. And the idea, that the, the idea that they've brought out Biden, who clearly clearly does not want to do this and may not have uh, the mental capacity or energy to, to do this at, at his age. And he, he's fumbling and bumbling through a lot of stuff. And he didn't run when Obama, you know, finished up his two terms. So that kind of makes you think he didn't really want to do this. But they, they brought him out as the last message, the last effort to stop the Democratic Socialist movement. And that is what's coming. And guess what? They're going to drop the word Democratic pretty quick. I mean, they're holding on to that right now but if you watched any of this climate change summit that they did i mean
1: the things that
4: they were saying it was insane i mean bernie sanders was basically saying that unless we fund abortions in other countries in south america uh that that that's going to affect climate change i mean the policies are actually ridiculous if you if you listen to them however the factory settings of the way the media translates uh-huh. all of this for you uh-huh. the average person that, that the average person that's just out there that has a job and has a family and can only devote so much time to this they they have trouble translating what all of that means and i think the job for people like us over the next year in a world that's getting more and more fractured for your time uh it's going to be for us to be as efficient as possible in getting the most important stuff across because and otherwise I w- the more the more we get split you know, the harder it'll be to get truth out of anything.
0: Right. And that is one reason why, Dave, we have to stand together with people who have like principles. If you believe in the bill of rights, you're good. You're good. I'll stand with you. If you want to overturn the bill of rights, then we have problems, but we, we all speak different languages. We all speak to a different audience. The, the, the Uber left has broken us all apart and 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 successfully made it so no one can talk to each other and if we who are of like mind on the Bill of Rights can't come together we're going to be we're going to be destroyed we must stand together so you you can have a you can have a movement where you can say no look I I disagree with that person over there on this this and this but they're making a very important point so we have a broader ground right now the mass media has that broad ground but we're all separated from each other we've got to link yeah. arms
3: well
4: you said something really interesting to me on the on the live stream a couple days ago which you were you were telling me which t- democratic candidates had dropped out and keep staying and all that and uh, you mentioned that tulsi gabbard is no longer she hasn't dropped out but they're not going to have her in the debates now and i think right. it's interesting which was which was that you disagree with her on almost all of her policy prescriptions, but you believe that she loves the country. And, and that is where you want to be in a pluralistic country. There's mm-hmm. over 300 million people in this country. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do not want all of the people to agree with me, even if I am right Amen. about everything. I'm pretty sure I'm, pretty sure I'm not. But, but even if I was, I would not want that because we need a healthy tension in, in a political debate mm-hmm. to always keep us on check. And that's why it's so disappointing that that Tulsi it looks like she'll she'll eventually have to drop because once they give you the signal that you're not in the bait, yeah. you know you're you're pretty much toast. But but we need more more voices like that, and that's again that's why I wanted to do this deal with the Blaze because you know we haven't even discussed big tech, but there's so many forces right. uh, circling the wagons around us, and I knew that that partnering with you and the Blaze and what you guys have built and that still my ability to remain independent, as yeah. I said on the live stream, you're you're not. Uh, My boss, I might be your boss. We're still looking into that one. Um, It was a rather fast uh, contract. that was why I shook your hand so quickly. Yeah, right. What I I did there, it pretty, right. It was pretty clever.
0: Dave, hang uh, on just a second. I, hang on. I have to take a, I have to take a break. Hang on just a second. So I want to continue our conversation because Dave said something to me during the uh, podcast that I did on his show that I thought was fascinating that we didn't explore. More with Dave Rubin, now part of the Blaze TV lineup. Dave Rubin, sign up now.
1: The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.